This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellbeing. Now, today we are going international. We have not an Englishman in New York, we have an American in Sweden with us today. So we have the lovely Jennifer Mazer. Mazer. And you would still get it wrong. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so Jennifer Mazer, like razor, and then I couldn't think what a razor was. Um, <laughs> and Jennifer is an award-winning artist whose art has been collected in several countries. She's been featured in Women to Watch, and she's also been featured in the Mental Health Warriors, which sounds amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> as well as Your Art Matters. Now, Jennifer's suffered herself with mental health issues throughout her life. She's had several diagnoses from that, and she's an artist. She's found that creativity is one of the most important things that she needs to help her process her emotions and any overwhelming feelings she has. So she uses her art to change people's perspective on how art can soothe, empathise, express. It can share a feeling, it can provoke feelings and it can start conversations. And I totally agree with all of that. So coming from the USA and living abroad for over 20 years, Jennifer understands the difficulties in navigating medical systems and especially in a world that actually doesn't even value mental health, which, you know, it really doesn't. We need to step that up. And she herself has spent several years of her career focusing on helping with that in raising the importance of smashing that mental health stigma. She's fantastic. So welcome to Let's Talk Wellbeing, Jennifer. Thank you so much for ha- having me on. I'm so glad to meet the two of you. Oh, we're, really we're just really excited to meet you. Thank you for making time for this. Of course, it's, of course. <laughs> I mean, just from the little bit that we've uh, read about you and stuff like that, you're already sparking our imagination. Both myself and Sue really like art. We used to go to art class together. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, a few years back and um, really just loved that time and it really did support our mental well-being when we did that it's actually something that I found out through going with Sue and somebody else we used to work with and we went to a life drawing class and I realized it was the only thing that stopped my mind from going anywhere because no matter what I'm doing my mind automatically you know is thinking about things is doing things it's one of those it never shuts up right But actually, when I did my art, I was totally focused on that. And I found that with anything I'm doing now, uh, with my jewellery making or my art, it really focuses my mind. So I think the fact that you're already linking it with mental well-being, I totally do. But more of it, honestly, like personal level. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you came about doing this and obviously you've talked about your mental health issues but how did you come about doing your artwork is it something you've always been interested in yeah I think um it's always been a big part of my life because my mom was an artist my grandfather was an artist so it was kind of a given I think from the from the very very beginning although like so many people um I received some negative feedback from an art teacher when I was very, very young. And so you end up shelving it, you know, um, thinking I'm no good uh, and you you stop doing it. Um, Another thing was that because my mom and my grandfather were classically trained and I don't have a 
a classical, uh, you know, art training, I was constantly comparing myself and feeling like I wasn't good enough. Um, and then I just kind of decided, well, I always did a lot of crafting, um, but I would tell myself I can, I'm a crafter, I'm not an artist. I was making that huge distinction between, between the two. And then I decided, you know, I, what I love the most is actually getting involved with painting and moving things around on the canvas and, and seeing how um, colors and different materials interact with each other. And, but it wasn't until I took a course a few years ago where the instructor basically made us say, I am an artist, I am an artist, I am an artist over and over that I actually started to believe it and allow myself to um, introduce myself as an artist to other people. And that was uh, absolutely a big changing, uh, changing point in my, in my life. It's funny, isn't it, how we, words that we use, I'm a crafter, I'm not an artist. And there's a, a different distinction there for you. And it's sort of like, for me, it's like, well, no, because that's all, it's all artistry. It's all creativity and, it is. and stuff. It's all creativity. There, yeah. there need to be a distinction between the two. But yeah. But yeah, when we're not in a good place or when we don't maybe value ourselves as much yeah we, we start making those distinctions um within our minds and that's I think that's a really key point that you're saying there as well the, the communication that we use in our own heads as well as maybe how we are introducing ourselves yeah. can really be about what's going on internally for us yeah absolutely it's so much about mindset that it's um you know as with anything else I mean so many of us, I think, suffer from imposter syndrome and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of comparison going on. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's what happens. We compare ourselves and um, can't give ourselves the higher or the higher labels because I'm not as good as or, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think as well, like you were saying, so I've not been classically trained. Mm but actually maybe it's something just really natural ability with you. You know, obviously your, your mom and your granddad, was it? That's right. That's yeah, your right. grandfather. So yeah, they were classically trained, but actually, yeah, maybe that's just, it's a natural born thing for you. It's just one of your natural abilities. It, and I yet so. in your head, it's sort of like, no, I haven't been classically trained and that made a difference. Yeah, that's right. And I think actually from taking this, this one specific course, one of the things that I, came to understand is that no I wasn't classically trained but I have this passion inside of me that has um, really inspired me to learn so much on my own rather than listening to one teacher two teacher three teachers tell me specifically the way to do something I've I've figured out my own way very very easily and developed my own style a lot quicker than a lot of people I know that you know have the art degree and that sort of thing. Mm. Do you think that's because rather than sort of be a bit blinkered, and I don't, I don't really don't mean this in a bad way, but with people who have, have learned something, it's sort of like that's their focus. Whereas you, you've got it's blue sky thinking. You've not got a box that you're in going, oh, well, this is what I've been taught. So actually, that's why you've been able to find your your yeah. own personal style. I think so, because I, I do have a degree in graphic design that I haven't used in a million years. <laughs> and I noticed that when you're taught a certain way, you believe that's the only way to do it. And you don't experiment as much because you, you just like you said, you're stuck in this box or quite often you're stuck in a box for, it can take a long time to break out of that box. So, yeah. yeah. It, it strikes me, there's a word that keeps coming up, Jennifer, you keep talking about believe, mm -hmm. which is one of our three Bs. Um, and I just I just kind of honed in on that straight away so earlier on earlier on you were saying about how you know it wasn't until you were kind of repeating this it was, sounded like it was almost like a mantra that you were kind yeah. of, you know I am an artist and yeah. then you would, and then you get, that became sort of embedded kind of in your being in your psyche and then you said I actually started to believe it 
And it just seems to me that there's something really fundamental about, about our beliefs, you know, mm. in terms of and how they relate to, you know, what we are then able to do. Um, what Claire was saying before about that worth that we place around ourselves and, and right. how without that belief, what all we're doing is kind of externally comparing yes. the beliefs sort of within us. Yes. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, when we believe in ourselves, um, you're not looking for as much validation from others as you would otherwise. I mean, it, there's always going to be people that don't like my art. There's always going to be people that don't enjoy, you know, the classes that I give to children or, or you know, to adults but it doesn't matter because I believe that I'm doing the right thing. And there are so many people that also believe in my abilities as well. But the most important is that I believe I'm doing the right thing. That's brilliant. Yes, it's, that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's empowering, but it's really powerful. I completely agree with you. You mm -hmm. don't need as much external validation. So actually, you start doing that comparison, what we call the comparison game. Yes. You stop doing that as much then, don't you? Because right. it's all within you. And it's like, I don't need to compare myself to others. It's right. What right. I'm doing, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that that by no means um, covers my entire life. I mean, there's plenty of things that I don't believe in myself. Um, and I am looking for that external validation, but it's amazing when you do have belief in yourself, you know, for something specific, it's such a different feeling, the way you approach everything, because um, you don't even care anymore about what others think. It's, it's too bad that we can't carry that over to every aspect of our lives, because it does take a lot of work to get there. I think that's it, isn't it? And I think this is what we underestimate about ourselves. I think we kind of like, you know, we automatically assume that we're, you know, we're on a path, we're doing, you know, whatever it is we're doing and that everything will just fall into place. But, right. you know, depending on our previous experience, depending on our upbringing, depending on our value system, you know, our beliefs are going to play such a huge part. And it, I think to some people, it maybe sounds a bit fluffy. If you understand what I mean by that, you know, it's a little bit, it's not really grounded in anything, you know, um, specific. But those of us that know, those of us that are aware of this, mm. you know, we, it, it's transformational, isn't it? When we kind of right. have, like you're talking about having that mind shift and that you, your mindset, it's kind of like, feelings affect thoughts and vice versa and then that mm. transfers mm. out into how we are in the world yeah absolutely I mean it's really funny because one of my biggest things um, working with mental wellness and mental health is you know not being ashamed of seeing a therapist talking to talking to people to get health and uh, help and I go to a therapist and it's funny because we were talking about self-worth the other day and she asked me to name, you know, five things that I'm good at. And the first two things that I said is I'm very creative and I'm good with people. And then the other three fell into, I think I'm, you know, and she was pointing out the difference between knowing and thinking. And when I'm thinking I'm good at, I'm still looking for external validation. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting that it, yeah, that there is a difference. I think that's a really, it's really key. Again, it's those words that you're using, just that slight change of words. And actually it's opening it up to, you yeah. really believe that. Yeah. Just, like you say, you're seeking external validation. Right, right. Absolutely. Others. Yeah. Just, they're so powerful, the words they use. Mm. I want to take you back to what, because I'm really interested, because you were talking about the classes that you do with both adults and you do children's classes. Right. So does that link with well-being, the, the kind Absolutely. of things that you do? Absolutely. Talk to us about that. Let us know. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I started a free group. Well, all groups are free, but I started a group on Facebook recently. Um, and I decided to take it in a bit of a different direction. So instead of working with adults or with children directly, I've decided to work with parents um, in regards to their children. And I think this is because there are so many kids out there that are really struggling with stress, anxiety, you know, any other heavy feelings. And um, mental health, as you said, it, it's undervalued in most of the world. And because of the pandemic, I think the 
mental health system is so bogged down. Um, I know that uh, my daughter, I just moved with my daughter to another town. Um, she's been waiting for over a year to see somebody. Um, it took me two years to get in uh, to see somebody. So I know when it comes to our kids, uh, especially because I have that experience with my daughter who actually has the same diagnoses as I have and still can't get help. It is just, you know, you feel helpless. You, it gets to the point where I almost started to feel worthless as a parent because I couldn't help my daughter. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I think that there's so many parents feeling that. So I decided to start this group working with parents. And um, what I do is every Friday, I do a live where I'm teaching them a really simple creative activity. And I like to call it a create date. And what I hope is that they take that create date and they do it with their kids on the weekend um, so they can actually see the benefits of how creativity does um, you know, give a dopamine um, release and how it uh, reduces the stress hormones. And it also gives them a chance to have some positive bo bonding time with their kids rather than, you know, a lot of arguing that's going on when our kids are not feeling well and we're feeling really helpless. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing right now. I also offer um, bespoke programs for parents and their kids that are based on their specific child. So the child's age, interests, um, whatever materials they like. And then I create a program for the children um, yeah, based on that. And I'm in the process of starting a new membership um, and that'll be for the parents. It, it's all based on parents right now, um, just from my own, my own struggles. But in the past, I have done things specifically for adults, specifically for children, and I'll start that again um, eventually. But right now I really wanna give parents and, and caretakers the power to really feel like they're helping, them, helping their children themselves. Wow. It just, it just sounds amazing. It, you know, the way that you set it up, the way that, and the way you're, you're really responding, I think, to a need, you know, and I think it's that thing, isn't it, of, you know, we can seek external help and that's important and we need those interventions, but actually there are things that we can do to support ourselves. And yeah. I think we feel very disempowered, don't we, in those moments. Mm. And I think what you're doing is you're, you're offering something that's a different avenue. It's kind of melding these two important aspects of, of being right. human, yeah. um, you know, and you're giving space to it. And I just think it sounds incredible. Oh, thank um, you. And thank I know you were saying that, you know, some of the work that you've been doing, you start, it started fairly recently, but what, what kind of feedback are you getting? What sort of impact are you seeing from, from parents? Yeah. I imagine it's just unlike anything they've perhaps ever, yeah. you know, experienced before. It's, it's unbelievable. I have gotten so many people just writing the sweetest things. Um, the group is quite new, so people are not posting that often um, in the group, but they are sending me messages, um, you know, saying this activity was brilliant, my daughter loved it, or, you know, we really enjoyed this, thank you so much. And, um, and then I do have a couple of friends that are in the group because they, they have problems with their kids as well. And they're the ones that'll be really vocal and you know, post on their, um, on their Facebook as well. You've got to go to Jennifer, she's fantastic. You know, that, that sort of thing. So it's, it's been really good. It's, um, you know, and I've always said, if I can help one person then I'm, that I'm doing the right thing. And it's, um, it's nice to see, you know, doing art or, or being creative, um, it's not gonna solve all of the problems, of course, but it does give you this, this temporary um, re relief. And it's something that I personally have to do every day. It's, it keeps me balanced. And um, even though I know I still have to take medication, I still need to meditate every day. That's another big thing to me. Um, this is one of the, the key things that I need to do every day and just giving people that tool and helping them to understand that, you know, you can incorporate this into your mental well-being uh, has been, has been really cool. Oh, sorry. Let me. Fine. Don't okay. Worry. Don't worry. 
I think what um, what you're saying there really resonates with me and what it's re- reminded me um, a couple of years back, an old friend of mine, her mum had died. She'd lost her dad only the year before and her mum had died and she really needed some time. She needed to do things. So she asked me to look after her daughter. And just because I know she quite likes art and stuff like that, I got out all my craft stuff and we just went for it. And we just spent all the day just crafting, doing cards, making pictures, anything that she wanted to. You know, there was sort of like nothing out of bounds, anything on the table she could just use. And what that's what you're talking about there have always had a connection mm. with her girl and she's like a lot older now and she's still fantastic she still loves her art and stuff and she's a hairdresser she's becoming a hairdresser so uh-huh. she's using her creativity down that route yeah yeah but what you're saying actually just reminds me because I don't have children so I've not I've not had the I've not been lucky enough to be able to do that with mine but with my friend's children I have and I, I have noticed that it brings about a connection. So even just spending that time, and I know that Sue does this with her stepdaughter, mm. and it is something that, you know, they do this artwork. So when you're saying, you know, it's not going to fix everything, it's not. But I do think it sort of, um, it builds a connection. I think it builds some, like, creative time, which is always good. It helps, like you say, to reduce your stress. Mm gets you I think into a better mindset of right. stuff right. because the whole time we were doing that she was distracted from worrying about her mom and the fact that she'd also lost her grandma and it was right. sort of like it just completely took her out and then later on when we were having tea she was able to talk to me about it more yeah. and it was just it was really good how she'd been thinking about it but then had time away and then was thinking about it again and the kind of things she was coming up with for her mum. And I just think it's a really good place to start. Mm. It's a really good place to ignite something with children because you're so right. I mean, I'm seeing it. So many people talk to me about the impact it's had on their children, having been through the pandemic and and lockdown. And, you know, they're really struggling. They really are. Even now, when it's all supposed to be, oh, well, it's done with, but it's really not. And I think those, the things that they've gone through is going to be quite lasting with them. So anything we can do for the youth of our country, you know, for our community is supporting our children. I think is really, really worthwhile. Yeah. I think the fact what you're doing is just massively worthwhile. Oh, thank you. I think another another aspect that I wanted to just briefly touch upon is the fact that so many of us can't find the words to necessarily convey our emotions, convey how we're feeling, especially children who haven't necessarily developed that ability yet. Um, so when they're creating art, it's like these emotions automatically come out. So it gives them the ability to kind of purge these these heavy feelings and emotions and express themselves without without needing to use words and I think that's really important as well rather than just carrying them um you know not being able to not being able to release it Mm. I'm really glad you mentioned that actually Jennifer because it's something that I'd noted down from the you know what you were Claire was reading in the introduction about you is that you were saying that creativity is one of the most important things to help process emotions and overwhelming feelings. And I think there's sort of two aspects to it there and probably more as well. There's the, oh, it creates this shared space. So this shared sense of it, we feel safe. There's no judgment. Anything goes, you know, that the possibilities are endless, aren't they? When when we create. Um, And then that potentially opens up the chance to sort of actually talk. I know when I do that with my stepdaughter, often, you know, it doesn't start off that way, but often because we're spending time together, she will start to open up to me. Yeah. You know, and she's a nearly 15 year old, you know, and doesn't really share very much at all. Right. You know, because right. you don't at that age, do you? So, but that's probably one of the only times when we do actually have a bit of a heart to heart. But that's, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. But then there's, there's also this other side to it, what you were saying there, just about the expression of creativity mm. and how we're not actually using words, but sort of what we're transferring. And as you said, purging, getting it out. Right. Um, it just seems like 
such a vital process that probably you know like if you sort of said right what we're going to do now is we're going to purge our emotions you know right. you sort of <laughs> introduce it as a process at the start it, it doesn't work that way it's it's a natural thing isn't it would you say as for us as humans yeah absolutely absolutely and I think it's it's so important to to be able to to do that and it doesn't matter I mean creativity people automatically assume when I say creativity, um, they automatically think art, either painting or drawing. Yeah. And there are so many aspects. I mean, it can be playing an instrument, dancing, um, writing poetry, you know, whatever. There are so many different creative activities that people can do um, that are so beneficial. Yeah, and I think that's part of our mindset, isn't it? Where we kind of get we get programmed into thinking about things a certain way. And you know, you mentioned sort of an art teacher from the past or kind of education. It's not always conducive, is it, to you know, sort of firing up those creative neurons and uh, helping yeah. us to. I mean, not always. I'm not sort of having a go at, at teachers or anything like that. But I think sometimes the structures and the systems, right, in which they have to work, can be a little bit limiting, can't they? Yeah. So we sort yeah. of go more in on ourselves, if you know what I mean. Um, I think another thing that I was interested to ask you because um you know obviously just taking you back you've you've talked a lot there about um you know you've used the term mental well-being we've talked about mm -hmm. mental health issues you've shared a little bit of your own um story there as well mm -hmm. um you know we're 3b we're the mental well-being company because you know well-being obviously encompasses such a a, a wide range of aspects sure. um sure. we're kind of coming at this very much from a you know mind is the battleground to a certain extent you know what's going on in here will just kind of impact everywhere else yeah you know the word mental well-being what, what does it what's it sort of conjure up for you what, what what's meaningful for you I think as you were saying however you're feeling in here affects everything else in the body yeah. um and I think it's really positive that we look at mental well-being as well-being not necessarily calling it mental illness or uh, we need to put a positive spin on it um, rather than this negative uh, negative terminology that has been around for, for so many years, which contributes to the stigma as well. Um, but there's so many things that we can do to contribute to our, our mental wellness. And a lot of that I think is, um, you know, self-care and, uh, just being aware of what we're thinking and, and feeling, but it it affects everything in our lives. So it's very, very important that we look after that. Indeed. Um, and you mentioned earlier about how you have certain practices, certain things that you do in the day, you know, and you sort of said that you you meditate. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I do it every night before I go to bed. Um, I have ADD and one of the things that I really struggle with is my brain like never turning off. Um, there's always 30 billion things going through there. Um, and of course I can't imagine it any other way because it's always, it's always been that way. Um, so one of the really important things to me is to, the first thing that I do, um, you know, when it's time to go to sleep is I, I practice gratitude and I'll try and just name, um, you know, certain things that I'm really, really grateful for. And I've come to understand, um, and this was not easy, that even in the worst situations in our lives, there's still something to be grateful for. Um, and I often use uh, the example, when my mom passed away, it's like, how can you be grateful, you know, about your mother passing away? Um, you know, the most, one of the most, traumatizing, difficult things I will ever go through in my life. But if, you, if I dig deep, I can, um, well, number one, I'm grateful that she's no longer in pain. Number two, I was holding her hand. I was there. So there's always these small things um, that you can be, be grateful for. So that's what I start with every night. Um, super important. And then after that, I'll usually listen to a meditation. There's so many good ones on YouTube. Um, there's a fantastic free app called Insight Timer that 
you know, has a billion meditations. Um, and I, I, it differs. Sometimes I only feel like I can do five minutes. Sometimes I feel like I can do 20 minutes. Um, but I tend to, to do guided meditations because I think that's, that's the easiest, um, especially with my ADD. I'm not, I can't, uh, I've tried to do them on my own and I find that really, really challenging. Um, but it absolutely, it's, it's one of my uh, non-negotiables. It's, I have to do it every single night before I go to sleep. And that's, you know, my daughter knows, my, my um, husband knows it's, yeah, non-negotiable. <laughs> love that word. I love that you're saying to yourself, it, it's non-negotiable. Like, I've got to do that. Yeah. Definitely. I, I can completely empathize with you losing your mum I know like that's what happened with me but actually yeah you can still go and it, it sounds strange doesn't it we can still think of things that you're grateful for I'm grateful I had her to start off with yeah you know because there's so many people out there who haven't haven't had that kind of family network and stuff like that right. so right. the memories that that gave, gave me right. and I think it is it's not about it's not about making light of something and it's not about going, it's not awful and horrendous. Absolutely. But it, it's something that I, I know Sue uses this a lot. What is also true? Um, and it's, it is that something that it's sort of like I've been using lately. And it's like, yeah, so that's all. What was also true was we had, you know, some fantastic times and, and this, that and the other, you know, and thinking about those good things. And I totally agree that wherever you are, if you can think of these things that you're grateful for, I think so many times people think it has to be something huge, big, you know, like, um, I don't know, I've passed my degree or something. That's massive. Right. Right. But actually, you know, you got through one of your assignments. That's the, that's the smaller part within that bigger thing, but it's still something to be grateful for and to go oh I did I did really well and praise yourself on right. trying to praise yourself and being kind so many things that you say really resonates with the kind of things that means to do it's yeah. really on sort of our wavelength with this very cool and yeah. I love how you phrase it I love I love how you've talked about it and this thing about I have to do that mm. what I was getting from you when you were saying you Sometimes it's only five minutes meditation. Sometimes you can do 20. Right. feels like what you're not doing is going, I'm not beating myself up over not having 20 minutes meditation tonight because I've right. done some and I've done five. Right. And, right. and yeah, that is what you do. You don't beat yourself up over only doing five minutes rather than 20. Exactly. Exactly. And I know sometimes I don't even have the mental you know, capacity for it. Sometimes I'm just exhausted and I feel like, I'll just do five minutes. I'm still getting the benefit from it. I'm still, you know, regulating my breathing, which I think is so incredibly important, especially when it, you know, when, when you're trying to calm down for, for bed. Um, and I just feel like if I go to sleep um, with a, with a more positive, better mindset, then I tend to wake up that way as well. And I really wish I had the time in the morning uh, to do it, but I have a puppy and she is, yeah, she doesn't stick to the clock at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can imagine. I have a 10 month old. (laughs) Yes, they tend not to. My nine year old is absolutely great. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Mine just turned a year and, you know, it's getting a little bit easier, um, by far but she's still you know when she has to go out she has to go out (laughs) but that's it it's again you fit you're fitting it in around your life and about what works for you so actually your meditation I love that what you said if I go to bed in that a more calmer positive mindset you're going to wake up like that I think that's really true yeah but, the, but that's re- what really works for you. Big on people doing what works for them. That's right. And that sounds like what it works for you. And I love, yeah, totally with the guided meditation. Yeah, yeah. I think it is does support somebody whose brain's constantly on the go because yeah. you can come back to what they're saying and stuff. Exactly. And sometimes it's not meditation. I mean, for other people, it can be, you know, grabbing 
a coffee in the morning and just having five minutes to sit in silence and drink their coffee or tea, you know, sitting out in their garden. Or it, it looks different for everybody. But the important thing is just to try different things until you find what works for you and then just keep up with it. You know, make it non-negotiable. <laughs> I love this non-negotiable. Yeah. I love what I love how you kind of it's almost like you're entering into a contract with yourself, isn't it? And you're yeah. sort of making that agreement and it's, it's non-negotiable, you know, you can't back out of it. And it's yeah. not in a pressurized way. It's in a it feels like it's very much there's a lot of ease in what you're describing because you're not putting this pressure on to do it for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time or even do it in a particular way. It right. seems to be like you're saying, okay, what, what resources do I have available to me? Oh, I can use a guided meditation or I can, like the examples you were giving there about kind of sitting with the coffee. Um, right. You know, Claire and I, we have a phrase where we sort of say one size does not fit all when it comes mm-hmm. to our well-being and particularly our mental well-being. And I think, I think that's part of the journey that each of us has to take, isn't it? That we have to discover what works for us and in doing that we have to do something that you said before about digging in and digging a little bit deeper right being prepared to do that and I think you know we talk about this a lot how we're so used to things that instant gratification aren't we in our Mm -hmm. modern life sometimes it can feel a little bit strange to sort of have to work at something and have we have to have patience I think with ourselves as well would you would you agree with that Jennifer Uh, absolutely and just the the how difficult it can actually be to slow down because we we are living in a time where it's instant gratification you know we're scrolling through our phones Um, you know, I've gotten to the point where I realize if I'm loading something on my computer or on my phone and it doesn't load within five seconds, I'm gone. You know, I mean, everything has to be instantaneous and, um, it's really a sad way, (laughs) sad way to live. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of pulling a face right now because I've been experiencing this very thing just today and having a conversation with Claire about it earlier on. And I, yeah, totally, you know, I'm kind of, right, I'm going out of the room and I'm coming back and I'm sort of, you know, talking to my computer, like it's not complying. And yeah, I think there's something about our expectations that of ourselves, of, mm. you know, hardware and software that we're using and you know and other people that maybe we just need a more gentle shift yeah and I think if we all try to do that just a little bit just a bit of a tweak you know maybe we'd be kind of supporting ourselves and one another just a little bit more and it's really funny I think because like within our our age bracket you know we grew up before the internet um, and I can remember, and I try to explain this to my daughter and she doesn't get it whatsoever, but I remember saving my allowance, you know, to go to the store and buy a CD or a cassette tape. And, you know, it's not like you could just go on Spotify and load whatever you want and just switch to the next song. I mean, even with a cassette, it's like, if you wanted to listen to the next song, you had to keep hitting forward, play, forward, play. You know, and things took so much more time and we were okay with that because that's, that's what we knew, but we've adapted. <laughs> we've, we've definitely um, moved to the point where even for us, everything has to be so quick or we lose interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's such a good point. It really, it fits with World Wellbeing Week mm-hmm. that is coming up and the fact that that's about slowing down. I think it's, that's really key. Yeah. One of the things I want to ask you, because it's all about art with you, I think, is that some of your art in the background that I can see on your screen? Yes, yes, it yeah, is. It looks it is. Fine. I'm sitting that, in my nice. studio. <laughs> <laughs> the only quiet place. That is, I, I can tell because you've got like bits of things around that you obviously use. My eye keeps getting drawn to your art. I'm oh, really liking it. Very really cool. Liking it what that looks like what would you say though with and again this is a bit like we all we we might expect ourselves to be good at something quite quick after learning it what would you say to people who are going well I'm rubbish at art and crafty stuff so how can I do that and how can it help what would you reply to that the most important thing and I know this is so difficult to to realize um or to 
believe <laughs> yourself is that it's it's about the process. It's not about the final um, the final product. And this that's something I really struggle with with my daughter. She does something very similar to what I did with my mom and my grandfather. I'm comparing or she's comparing at this yes. point. And she has a really hard time creating art with me because she says, I can't do it like you do. I don't have a style. Um, how am I gonna develop a style? And I've told her, you know, I'm 47 years old. You know, you're 13. You haven't, it, it took me years to figure out what my, you know, what my style was, um, you know, and, and that evolves all the time. The idea is just to play. It's just a matter of playing. And then certain things emerge and, um, you know, art, somebody's going to love it. Somebody's going to hate it. And um, at the end of the day, it's just to kind of lose yourself in the process and enjoy what you're doing. And you can always paint over it. That's the other thing. If there's anything you hate, there's something called gesso. Just paint <laughs> right over it and start over. <laughs> Jennifer, you know, that's such a good an analogy for life, what you've just talked about, isn't it? So yeah, absolutely really really brilliant analogy for life that you know it's not about the end result yeah. it's about what you're doing along the way is the process along the way exactly. and if something doesn't come out right for you then just change it do yeah. something else exactly Get over it just thing you've just you've just given a really fantastic way of people bringing that to life mm. for, for them but also for, for the art that you're doing and just playing. Yeah, yeah it's just that play, yeah. which we tend to stop as adults. We don't do the play thing. That's we right. don't play the guitar, but we don't play. I'm going right. to go out and play now, you know, like we did when we were kids. And it's just like that. That's what it feels like. I'm going to, and I do, I do this with my art. I, I must admit, I'm a bit like, Oh, that doesn't look how I wanted it to look. Right, I'm scrapping that. I'll start something else. Mm. And maybe what I need to do is come more to it and go. I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play and see what comes out from it. Yeah, and that kind of thing. I, I really like that, and I think everybody could get on board with that. Then I think everybody can then come to art, the kind of things that you're doing, mm. and it doesn't matter because it's the process of what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. that is the real key. I love that. Yeah. That's brilliant, isn't it, Sue? Absolutely. Go on. It's, it's a tough thing to do um, because, you know, all our lives we're, we're so goal focused and um, play is not allowed anymore. You know, we're, we're adults. So I think the easiest way for people to start with the, that and the way that I started was to just schedule in an hour a week, you know, where I'll go into the studio um, and just try different things um you know I, i'll even take like for example in an art journal and scribble on the page and it's like okay now the page is messed up i can do whatever i want on here doesn't matter um and just for at least an hour a week allow yourself to play and then it becomes easier and easier and easier and i've actually gotten to the point now where where i have a studio at home and then I also rent studio space. And what I've decided is that when I'm at home, I can produce art with the intention of selling it. But when I'm at that studio place, all I'm going to allow myself to do is play. And if something amazing comes out of it and I want to sell it and someone wants to buy it, fantastic. Um, but that's my play space. And just to keep it separate, I think, has been uh, really fantastic for me. Wow. That's my place, Just incredible. I think there's something in what you're saying there about, I love the idea of scheduling it in. Yeah. Because then you, again, it's that commitment thing, isn't it? You know, you're kind of, you're setting it up. And I think there's something in all of all of this as we attend to our, our well-being and we focus on giving ourselves what we need that I think we think about it as being just like, oh, I'll just be able to do this, but we have to work at it. And that's part of the work, isn't it? Being organised with it, yeah. you know? scheduling it in making that commitment making it easy for ourselves um you know and then we're kind of more likely to follow through I think aren't we 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I, I think there's something, it, I don't know if this resonates with you, but for me, what was coming up was permission. It's almost mm. like I've been given permission to do it, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that that's relatable for you. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, we have these, these ideas that, um, everything has to be for something else with a, with an intention. And like you said, we have to give ourselves permission to explore ourselves, do something that we need just for us. Um, and that can be so difficult, so difficult to do. And, you know, just, you know, with the meditation, start with five minutes, you know, what you, you build these habits. And once you find that it's something you're really benefiting from, regardless of whether it's, you know, painting or drawing or reading or taking a walk out in the woods or, you know, whatever it is, and you see the benefit, you start doing it more and more, hopefully. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's definitely been the case for, for, for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a lot of fabulous insight, Claire, don't you think? And shared. Thank you so much. Yeah. There's stuff that you've talked about that I, I want to join the group. I'm I like, do. I'm so wanted to join the group. It's all like, yeah. It means who will be on that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love to have you there. I mean, there, there's a lot of people there that don't have kids. Um, and they actually take the activities to do by themselves mm -hmm. or, you know, with nieces, nephews, cousin, you know, younger, whatever, just if they're babysitting, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of the things are, are very, very beneficial and a lot of, a lot of fun and very easy to do. I mean, I think, let's see if I can, no, I can't, it's under the computer, but I just did one last week that, um, yeah, everybody seemed to love, and it's so easy. I, I'm trying to. Let Maybe me see Jennifer, you could you could get we could get a screenshot of that. Okay. We can put it out on the promotional information we're going to yeah. share with your yeah. Facebook page and things. That'd be great. That sounds good because it's literally. I mean, I got people to to draw lines, just curly li curvy lines, and then you just color it in in different ways. It's and it makes the coolest. Um, patterns and uh it's just a lot of fun and you definitely lose yourself I mean there's a reason why these adult coloring books are so popular right now yeah you know it, it just it allows us to focus on something else and then the brain cannot focus on all, all the things that are bothering us it's uh yeah I mean there is definitely a link with being creative and problem solving there is definitely that link already. And I think that's just really what you're doing. You're enabling people to tap into that creativity that then supports them to deal with stuff that comes up in a much more, I don't know, a positive way or at least an easier way. Yeah. Much more resilience going on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need tons of tools in our, our tool belt. And this is just, just one of them. Totally. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. We have a toolbox. You've got a tool belt. I like that. Yeah. I can see the tool belt. Yeah. Right, right. I really like that. Yeah. Jennifer, I would like you to talk about your song now. Oh. Brilliant. If we could hear why you've chosen the song that you've chosen. Um, I think the main reason is when I was doing a lot of art about mental health and the stigma, and I actually, I don't have any pieces back there, but people hide because they're so ashamed of any sort of diagnosis they might have. Um, for example, when I was diagnosed with ADD, it was a huge, enormous re um, relief to me because I didn't get that diagnosis until I was just past 40. So I had spent all of my life just feeling stupid and incapable and just like I was never going to accomplish anything. Suddenly I had this diagnosis that explained the way my brain worked. Um, so I read the diagnosis and the paperwork first, and then I saw on the back page, there was a post-it note from the psychiatrist that said, um, you do not need to disclose this information to anybody. And so I went from feeling this relief to feeling this, am I supposed to be ashamed? You know, is this something I shouldn't tell people? And then I started really 
thinking about all of my friends that have talked about having a diagnosis or their children that have a diagnosis, but how they really want to keep it hush hush because people will judge straight away. Um, so anyway, I created, uh, I, I created a collection of art that shows a woman um, and she's very fuzzy kind and like out of focus, the way that we portray ourselves, for example, on Instagram by using an Instagram fil filter to make ourselves look better. So she's fuzzy and then she has one eye that's very in focus. And it's just a matter of, we want to share with people, but we feel that people are going to judge us or not even listen. But there's a piece of us that really wants to share that information. And so if people take a moment to look and connect with us, we'll give them that information. Um, so I was having a solo exhibit with all of my, I call them my girls, with all of my girls on the walls. And I decided that we need to be authentic. And um, that's the only way that the stigma is ever going to disappear. We need to be authentic. We need to have conversations. We need to normalize it. And this song, This Is Me came out and it was just like, take it or leave it. This is me. I'm not hiding anymore. And it just kind of became my anthem, I think. And it's something I, I play a lot when I'm, when I'm not feeling, you know, tip top when I need a bit of a boost. So yeah, I love it. That was an extract from our radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.